Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. stand with me just for the reading of the word I want to kind of uh, come up to speed where we left off at last time and uh, go to the song of Solomon I'm going to read verses 14 and 15 14 and 15 today this is where we left off from last time the Bible says and just kind of preface this uh, the Shulamite is reflecting once again she's reflecting having a flashback on a time before she and Solomon were married. And so she speaks here in verse number 14, actually. He speaks, he says, O my dove, thou art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. Let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice. For sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. That's where we'll continue from today. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, I'm grateful, Lord, for another opportunity uh, to be in your house, another opportunity to be able to turn my attention toward your word. God, for your word is profitable for our lives. It's it's profitable even for the practical things of our lives. And Lord, we may in a certain degree be turning to you this morning, God, for that area, a practical area of how some of these things can apply, God, to our homes, our marriages, our families. I pray, oh Lord, enlighten our minds. Help us, Lord, to be taught by your word and glean from it. God, and let it, Lord, make us better people better individuals better homes and families i pray god that would make up a better church lord we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it in the lovely name of jesus christ i pray amen today everybody say amen, amen. you may be seated this morning also i didn't want to forget uh, my father-in-law is with us this morning in the house of the lord and we're glad to have him all the way from tennessee here for a visit today as well amen amen uh, we, if I can kind of bring us up to speed a little bit, this, this is a reflection of the Shulamite concerning uh, a time prior to being married. And uh, the last time we spoke and we looked at this, uh, we looked at some of the ideas of how she was recounting whenever uh, that fiancé or that to-be uh, groom was coming to visit her. And she was explaining in certain detail the excitement uh, that she had about him coming and it wasn't just her being excited but he also was excited to see her and encounter her and we begin to speak how that excitement uh should not fade should not dissipate and in order for that to happen it takes work yes, it, does. it takes work to keep that fire of a marriage and a home alive and we also begin to look at how uh, solomon uh was very complimentary very complimentary to her, calling her his love, his dove, and uh, that she was comely, and how these things should not uh, become extinct after uh, we get married in our homes. And uh, we talked about, we even brought in the idea, and uh, we shared a resource uh, we have uh, on our Facebook page that is some downloadable links for uh, love and respect that uh, you could download. Has anybody done that? 
All right. Amen. But uh, they're there still yet for you. They'll be up still for a while. And we talked about a little bit uh, some of the love languages. Anybody that's ever read uh, Dr. Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, and we went over those uh, because we'll see through the story of the Song of Solomon that those are portrayed, amen, in Scripture. And I'll have something hopefully up for Facebook, a downloadable link where you can take your own personal test and see how you give or how you receive love that may help you in your home and in your marriage. Uh, uh, and, but then we come here to verse number four uh, this morning. And here is Solomon again speaking in those complimentary terms uh, to this to be a spouse. And he calls her my dove. And he calls her, she says, that thou that art in the clefts of the rock. Remember, she lived up around the Galilee area. It is a more mountainous area. Perhaps her home was in, stationed and in a place of more of a mountainous area. But he refers to her as a dove. Now, whenever you begin to think about the dove or the nature of a dove, the nature of the bird, uh, you begin to think, in my estimation of a dove, of a more sweet and gentle type of disposition whenever I think of the character or the attributes of a dove kind and also whenever I think of a dove if you've ever had a dove around it doesn't seem to take much to spook a dove you know it doesn't seem much to uh, cause their if I could you know this is kind of lapping over with he, the Shulamite and the dove here it doesn't take much to uh, hurt the dove's feelings it doesn't take much for the dove to have its feathers ruffled are we on the same page? Yeah, right. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is the makeup. That is, that is the way in which the dove has been formed and been created. And so he approaches her as the dove. She's in the cleft of the rock and he, he's vying for her, calling her out of that place because he knows uh, the timid character and how fragile, if you will, uh, the dove is and so he's calling her out of this 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 mountainous area so the dove though then looking at the those attributes again you know kind it seems uh gentle uh you, you know whenever you think of a dove and even in scripture the dove seems to carry that idea of a peaceable peaceable bird right. amen and i got some men here are right, thinking son if you only knew <laughs> <laughs> But, but peaceable, you know, the little gentle coos, the gentle coos of a dove. Uh, <laughs> really, uh, folks, I'm telling you what, I'm glad this service ain't outside today because you'd had rocks to throw, all right, like we had yesterday. But, uh, you know, it's it, the gentleness, the peaceableness of the dove, it's not talking about, and I say this with all due respect, it's not talking about someone who's always on the other's case. Someone that I've heard people, uh, you know, even bring the terminology of a nag. Right. Sure. All right. Peaceable, gentle, kind, sweet. And yes, we all are human. We're going to have our moments, undoubtedly, but uh, by and large. And look, it's interesting to me. The man there that's coming to see this woman prior even to ever being married, look what he wants to do. He wants to see her. Remember, he's kind of looking through the lattice and by no means a peeking Tom. He's just eager to spend some time with her. And, and he wants to see her. But look at the second part. And I don't know if sometimes that maybe this is the part that falls off after marriage. He wants to see her and he wants to hear her. What the, this man 
wants to hear her if I could even say he wants to talk to her. I know it's an idea, isn't it? He wants to communicate with her. He doesn't just want to take in her beauty with his eyes, but he wants to communicate with this one his soul loves. Now, (laughs) I understand right away that there would be some women that would be getting the thermometer and get out the first aid kit if their husband just maybe honestly said, Honey, I'd just like to talk to you. Let's get him in the car and take him to the ER. There's seriously something wrong. But that shouldn't be the case. Amen. After marriage, to be able to take time just to be able to talk. And if if placement in Scripture is top priority, after he said, let me see her, let me see thy countenance and let me hear thy voice, he then reiterates. And the first thing that he reiterates is not what he's seen, but what he heard. He says, for sweet is thy voice and thy countenance is calmly he comments the comments that he has first if 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 placement is priority his comments first is upon her voice their communication their talk before he comments on her beauty and that's really important to a woman because a woman wants to feel like she's more than just an object or something to be looked upon but she wants to be valued and viewed as a person and that really says a lot for him and how he viewed her because he didn't just appreciate her for her looks but he appreciated her for her intellect her personality who she was as a person she he evidently valued that and that's really important to a woman whether she's unmarried or as a wife it's important that she knows that her husband values her as more than just her beauty because that will fade you know over time your beauty fades you don't stay young you don't stay you know as beautiful as you once were but as that fades if he continues to value her as a person she's going to keep that personality she will keep that inside part right in my opinion they are as beautiful as they ever were it's just that the dynamics of life take place. The things that don't stay, the things that don't stay, yeah, the things that don't stay the same are just some of those exterior things. Amen. They're still the person that they always have been. Amen. For anybody that hasn't been here during Marriage Matters, my wife is up here for the purpose. Anytime she wants to interject, she may. And I, 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 I ask, she has license to do so. All right. Amen. Because if we want the, the female aspect as this as well. Amen. Because sometimes it gets hot up here. Uh, without her being there amen but uh, and we have spoken already before and we'll see this uh, further along in our study that uh, this 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 shulamite and she's in the class of this lady really does have some insecurities and i believe we all to a certain degree whether male or female there are some insecurities uh, that we have in our life and as uh, sister mcgee so adequately portrayed and we have in in some lessons gone by but to reiterate something that uh, uh usually uh, presents itself as an insecurity not always but usually for some women is their appearance and the way that they look and so he's coming in here with this kind and gentle language and he's just reaffirming uh, reaffirming to her and reassuring her draw, drawing her out there of the clefts of the rock dropping those compliments calling her the fair one and comely and his love and uh, so this is very important and so they, it's a spring day if you remember uh, the birds are chirping uh, there's new bloom to everything and they're going on a walk and we see then in the dialogue between one another what they are doing are they are getting to know one another uh, they're no doubt discussing their goals and their ambitions and they're, they're discovering things about one another perhaps they didn't know before and along also in that discovery and we'll get to that before today's out they're discovering some problems right. can you believe it 
take two, two lives from two different families, maybe even cultures blend them together and they have problems. And that's the case. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, I wish to share this morning. It says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, speaking of your wife or wives, husbands. Let me rephrase that. I'm not saying that a husband has wives. I'm just saying it said husband, so I'm saying wives. Let's cl- oh, boy. Man, we've just really opened up a cesspool here. Uh, dwell with them. All right, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, also unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life. Look, that your prayers be not hindered. He said, likewise, ye husbands, he said, dwell with them according to knowledge. What this is portraying to us is that we need to put effort in understanding. The word for knowledge here in the Greek is literally understanding. Dwell with them according to understanding. We got to put effort in understanding our wife. We, male or female for that matter, we need to be students of our spouse. Meaning we need to learn about them. I knew some things about my wife. Yes, of course, before I got married. But you know what? Through time, some of the things that I knew about her, some of those things change. She has some likes and dislikes that were different than before we got married. So I can't just go in the archive of 15 years gone by and say, well, those are the same likes, those are the same dislikes. I got to, it's continuing education points, all right? You got to continue your education on your spouse, your wife, or your husband. Don't stop learning about them after you get married. Still, still kind of tune in to what their interests are. Dwell with them according to knowledge because some of those interests may change. And for that matter, they may acquire some new interests. And so we're constantly trying to learn about our spouse. And we want to do that because we want to somehow compliment them in a manner if some of their interests, you know, used to, they really like chocolate for their birthday or whatever. They don't like chocolate anymore. They like pink elephants with... Uh, You know, know, that's very brash, but what I'm saying is we must continue to learn about their interests. And something that's very important to me concerning the Scripture about dwelling with them according to knowledge and giving honor unto the wife. This Scripture alone tells us very plainly that what we do or don't do on the earth right here does and can affect the kingdom of God. Because he says that your prayers be not hindered. Men, this is very vitally important, that your prayers be not hindered. In other words, our prayers can can, can possibly be hindered if we don't attempt to understand or if we dishonor our wife. Yes, right here in 1 Peter 3, 7. So what we do on this earth can affect some kingdom things. Dishonoring our, our wives can affect our prayers. Why would you think that would be the case? This, this is what I would wish to postulate. Because how can you give honor to God who you can't see if I can go along those lines? How can you give honor to a God you can't see and somehow dishonor the wife you do see when she's made in the image Scripture says, of that God. Amen. And so we we, got to keep that in consideration. The Song of Solomon, here it is. 
And let me make one more mention concerning Peter right here. The word honor in the Greek means, this, this was just astounding to me early this morning as I came across this. Honor, it means a value by which the price is fixed. That was astounding to me. A value by which the price is fixed. Give honor unto your wife. A value, Brother Terry McGee, by which the, 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 it, it is a, it's a fixed, it doesn't go up and down. Less valuable, more valuable. It's fixed. It's constant. It's the same. And so we approach her with that. Song of Solomon here, 2.15. Here comes the problem. And they're investigating this before marriage. But we'll see that we need to continue doing this after marriage. They said, let us take the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. For our vines have tender grapes here's this reflection a time before they're married and before all this they see a problem and they're ready here's the important thing they're ready to address it because they realize how this may negatively affect their relationship even though it might be deemed something little and the thing about little foxes when you talk about foxes of any degree or size and vineyards is that the way in which they destroy the vine is that foxes are by nature bur burrowing type creatures and so they would dig down and they would dig up and they would destroy the root of the vine the, 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 the very source of the life of the vine, the very point of origin, of the, they would destroy the root of the vine and therefore the whole vine is in jeopardy. So uh, we got to take care of even what is considered a little fox because it's, 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 its mode of operation is to attack the roots of the vine. And so we got to address problems in our relationships because if we don't, the roots of our relationship are in jeopardy. And so, uh, they, 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 you know, uh, they got to, and this is something we got to consider sometimes even, even daily because if you allow a fox in the vineyard, it's going to cause some heartache and hurt and destruction daily. I mean, they don't just burrow on the weekends. <laughs> Man, it's going to compound daily. And so with that, we got to learn how to communicate. Husband and wife got to learn how to communicate. But I'm talking about more than a surface communication. We got to learn how to communicate through our problems, through our disappointments, through our frustrations. And so with that being said this morning, I would like to take a practical approach, first of all, today. And I don't know how far we'll get, but I want to take a practical approach, just some common sense tools, if you will, and then perhaps some biblical steps on how we can communicate and work through the problems. Anybody that's ever had any type of marriage counseling for me, whether it be premarital or after the fact, some of these are going to ring a bell with you this morning, okay? Uh, so it's time for you to audit the class and take a refresher course. Amen. I would like to talk a little bit along this line. This is my subject matter for practical, practical tools. There's going to be 12 of them. And I name it this, avoid talking to the hand because the face isn't listening. This is what I wish to talk about. Because whenever we consider married life, one of the top five or ten lists is this, is that couples have problems communicating. They have problems communicating. Uh, they have problems engaging in what would be known as a meaningful conversation. Meaningful conversation. As a matter of fact, statistics show that couples engage in meaningful conversation less than 15 minutes a week. Less than 15 minutes a week. Because meaningful conversation is more than talking about what happened in your day, what you ate for lunch, what the weather's going to be like. It even goes beyond where you may share opinions with one another. Because I understand that's a, that's a vulnerable place. Whenever a, a wife starts sharing her opinion and the husband shares his, it gets real vulnerable when they don't match. 
But your opinion's your opinion, all right? But that's a real vulnerable stage because how can I coexist with this person that doesn't think the way that I think? So that's real vulnerable. But you get into more meaningful conversations whenever you talk, are able to talk, about, uh, talk to each other about things that disappoint you, about your feelings, about your needs. That is the tier of communication that they are speaking of that couples less than 15 minutes per week talk about. And Pastor, when you, when you reach a point where you're not learning of those things anymore about your spouse because that's the person in your life that should be the most important one that you're learning about and if you reach a point where you're not learning about them your attention is going to be drawn somewhere you know it's going to be drawn somewhere and if you find it to a point where it's drawn to another person and you're learning more about another person right. than you are about your spouse that's where you've placed yourself in a very dangerous vulnerable position but by continuing and keeping that line of communication open and that meaningful conversation and that meaningful communication with your spouse you keep that connection with one another because when you don't have that type of conversation you begin to lose that connection and especially as a woman we want connections that we thrive on relationships and closeness and interaction and when if you don't have that with your spouse you're going to start looking for it somewhere so it's important to maintain that whether it be husband or wife that we maintain that connection with our spouse amen thank you for the comment Because there are missions sometimes that people say, well, we talk all the time. I mean, we talk all the time. And that may be true with casual conversation, but it's another thing to start expressing and discussing your needs and your desires and your disappointments. It's another whole different ballgame to get there. And so we got, though, to get to that level where we can share our feelings and our needs and to be able to actually talk through those things. And in order to do, to get to that level of sharing needs and disappointments and desires so on and so forth, in order to get to that tier of communication, you got to feel comfortable. I know it seems weird to say it, but you got to feel comfortable to talk about those things with that opposite sex partner. That's right. And there's got to be a trust that's in that relationship that, that the other one can somehow display to them that, hey, I value the way that you're feeling. I value your needs rather than just discount them as though, well, that's just you. Well, it is them. It's their feelings. Uh, but we got to somehow make it through rocky roads to be able to validate and say, okay, I see where you're coming from. I understand what you're saying and work through those things. So in order to do that, here's just a few tools. There's going to be 12 of them. We'll see how far we get today. Number one, whenever you enter into that mode of conversation about feelings and disappointments and desires, here's a big thing. Number one, I'll call them the 12 commandments of communication. Be sure your spouse is listening. Be sure your spouse is listening. If you're about ready to talk about a very sensitive subject and about feelings or perhaps problems or desires, be sure they are listening. And here's a good thing. You know, it's not always, sometimes you got to choose when to have your conversation. You know, if, if, if uh, you know, Mr. So-and-so just gets off work and he's already had quite a day, you can tell by the scowl on his face and the size as he comes in the house, that it hasn't been the best of day. That might not be the most opportune time, ladies, to start talking about some other problems that's going on in the relationship and home. Yes, they need to be spoken about, but sometimes whenever you add the cherry on the top of the whipped cream, it falls over. (laughs) 
All right? So we, we might, might need to, you know, just kind of take a little bit pulse about how the atmosphere is, how the day has been for each other since we've been apart before we start getting into something because that might eventually go somewhere where we don't want it to go. And that is maybe a, a discussion leading into a heated discussion and words being spoken that we both wish we never said. And it could have been avoided if we just picked our time wisely and, and didn't already pile up on something that was already there. And uh, I'm hearing in my ear that someone's saying, well, he always comes home that way. <laughs> well, let's try the weekend, you know, I don't know. Uh, so in, in order to do that, we, we, we got to check and see, see. And sometimes and then we say, well, this is really kind of stupid, but it doesn't hurt us, you know, to kind of just make a little lead way in and, and let them know, hey, I, I really need to talk to you about something important. Can we talk now? When would be a good time to talk? When would be a good time to talk about this? And I know even where the dynamics of kids get in that situation. Me and my wife try to have meaningful conversations sometimes and the kids are there. And I'm not talking about talking about our problems, but even just if we want to get into our opinion mode. Son, it's like trying to talk over the blasting radio with the mom, 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 dad, 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 I need, I want. And I look at her and she looks at me and says, we're going to have to postpone this till later. It's just the nature of the beast of life. So, and Pastor, if you ask them, you know, I'd like to talk to you at some point, you know, when would be a good time? It's important for the spouse, whether it be husband or wife, sometimes they'll be in that avoidance mode. I don't want to talk about it. So there's never a good time because they just don't want to talk about it. And sometimes you're just going to have to try to be creative. Um, I know I've mentioned this before, but it's worth reiterating in this situation. If you have something you need to discuss with your spouse and they seem to be in that avoidance mode or they don't want to talk about it, it's never a good time. Sometimes a real easy thing is just to sit and write it down in a letter or type it or send an email. I've done that with my husband before. Um, and it, it gives them time to read it and process before they come back and discuss it. And a lot of times you're able to articulate your feelings very clearly, articulate, you know, and especially for um, – of course, we know, and it's m m a joked about a lot, we're a lot more wordy than guys are. You know, they want one, two, three, you know, score one point, score three points, you know, and we're going through the big, long paragraphs and get lost in all the flowery words. But I know even, like, for me, I've said, okay, here's the situation. Here's what I need. Number one, I need this. Number two, this. Three, this. Boom. One, two, three. And for a guy, he's able to process that very easily. Not saying that they aren't intellectual. I'm just saying it's just the way guys are more designed in the way God created them, okay? So communicating with them in a way that's easy for them to understand, all right? That's what I'm saying. Because what I'm saying is as women, if we get real wordy, they're just going to tune it out. All they're hearing is blah, 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 blah. They're not hearing anything else, okay? But if you write it down, they're able to look at it, process it, and then come back. And a lot of times it's so much better for them because, especially whether it be wife or husband, if they're avoiding the issue, it's because they're afraid of it or they don't want to hear it or they don't want the fallout from it. But sometimes if you write it out and they read it, it's like, oh, this is not as bad as what I thought. Boom, they would say, okay, I understand. Thank you for sharing. Here's what I need. And it can be resolved very easily. So just having those conversations is important. But if you are in that situation of them avoiding it, then that is an, an option for you. And those are very profitable for several reasons. If you know someone that's usually the moment that something's brought up that they're automatically boom on the offense, just boom, automatically that's their way. If they have it in written form, you can say all you want to say before you're ever interrupted. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> you, you can say it all, and not only that, you know how we are. We remember things we want to remember. 
Certain things stick in our mind. You have a conversation, and there's sometimes it all gets, they have something hard, fast. It hasn't changed. It's right there. They didn't read that one more time. This is exactly, exactly what they said. And by nature, yes, males, we do have problems with processing. It's scientifically clear that those ladies have more of those connections in their brain that that, that from left to right that they process quicker. It's a known fact. And so sometimes we do need to have time to, man, I, and I, sometimes I tell my wife this. I, I just need to think about this for a little bit. I need to think about it. And she's already thought about it 10 and 20 times by the time I got done thinking about it once. But I just need some time to think about this. And another thing and on the verge of this writing thing, if it's going to be a real sensitive subject matter, it might be good to write it down because they can really go on and start processing some things. You know, and maybe even get past some of the volcanic eruption that's happening in their emotions prior to having that real conversation well the other thing that's important about writing is that you stay on the particular subject because it's really easy if you bring something up in a conversation you know and you begin to express it sorry that they might well but such and such and you so and so and here you go off on this long tangent and you've totally missed the whole original topic that you were originally discussing so that does help you to kind of stay on the subject matter and on the focus of what you originally needed to express yes and doing all this, you know, you might be postponed being heard. Well, that's just simply it. It might postpone the time that you get to talk, but you might have better chances of being heard when that talk really happens if you understand they're going to listen. And, what well, communication isn't one street, is it? It's a two-way street. And so, you know, you've got to give the undivided attention to the other, you know, whenever it's capable. And uh, here, here are some examples of bad communication. And that's whenever just one spouse is dominating the conversation. That's not good communication. Uh, if, if by virtue, this isn't always the case, but if by virtue of one spouse is more talkative by nature, they're going to have to find times to just consciously restrain from talking. Seriously. To allow the other individual to speak, to respond to what they've already, you know, you can go into overload mode. Man, I'm getting over here in the red here. You've just bombarded me with all this information. I need, to just, I need to somehow validate that, yes, I'm understanding what you're saying or comment on what you're saying. You've got to give them time to speak. Amen. But at the same time, you want to be courteous and not interrupt while they let the other one finish their full thought because we get in our mind, I already know what they're talking about. Yeah. I know where this is going. Yeah. And we jump on the horse that isn't there. You know. That's happened with us in times oh, yeah. past, absolutely. And um, I'm usually the one that does it. <laughs> it's true. You Just know, to confess and be honest and feel sanctified before I leave here. A lot of times <laughs> they, they talk about people getting married and knowing each other so well they can finish each other's sentences. Well, sometimes the spouse will try to finish the sentence when it's really not how the sentence was intended to end, you know. Um, but I can even say, and uh, everybody here that knows me well, I'm a talker, it's obvious. But over the years of 15 years of marriage, I believe I have learned to do a little bit more listening. And I mean, not just even in marriage relationship, but in, you know, relations with other people and in counseling and such. It's really important. You have to develop the qualities of listening well. And because to listen well means you're not automatically figuring out what you're going to say back or thinking about, well, they're saying this because of such and such. Just stop, put all that out of your mind and just listen. You learn a lot by listening. And it's, that's so, so important. And I think if you can learn that trait, you're going to go so far in your marriage if you really true to listen well. And if your spouse feels like you are truly hearing them, 
that really means a lot to them. It goes a long way if they know that you're listening and that you're getting them, right. that you're listening and you're comprehending and you're understanding, that you haven't tuned them out, but you're listening, truly focusing your attention on them. That you, It's basically saying when you listen well, that's telling your spouse, you are important to me and I want to hear what you have to say. Right. And to do the opposite of that and to continue without giving times of, of someone to speak back can really prove to be counterproductive. Because whenever I'm just being bombarded, bombarded, and I have no per, per se instance, but if that were to happen, sometimes what we do is shut down. And what you want, you're, you're asking for this communication dialogue. You said, hey, can we talk? And then, though, whenever there's not given room for the other to say something, what happens? We just kind of get in our shell, our silence mode, you know. <laughs> Take off, you know, go for it, whatever. And then we don't have the interaction, so it's counterproductive. So we, 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 a listener, though, we don't want to just get on the talker here. The listener can be a bad communicator. Yeah. By, they can be listening and having some, oh, they're talking a lot with that body language. <laughs> they're saying a lot. Yeah, eyes are rowing, eyebrows are scrunching together. You know, all these different things are already happening. Uh, so that can stymie good communication as well. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 and verse number 13, Sister Sheila's still with me. We get into Scripture, sis. Amen. Proverbs 18 and verse 13, it says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it. Man, this is a wise man. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. And that's what we were talking about. Man, that horse quick out of the gate when he already thinks he knows what's going on. Yeah, listen, this is what the Bible's telling us right here. Whenever you're starting to answer and say something before you've heard the whole thing, before you've heard the whole sentence, the whole matter, the whole paragraph, it's a folly and a shame. Why? Because in the end, you're going to be a fool. I've been there. You're going to be a fool. Because you thought you knew exactly what road they were traveling and you interjected and started saying, and they already have that look on their face saying, I wasn't even going. No, you're wrong. And what are, you're there. You're the fool. And it's shameful. I'm telling you it is. Take my word for it. I got the certificate hanging on my wall. A folly and shame. So you, you don't want to respond before listening to the whole, the whole matter, formulating what you're going to say. Uh, you know, <clears throat> sometimes we put on our little defense mechanisms. And uh, sometimes... You got to be careful that your body language and your language matches. That you're genuine. All right? Number two commandment is begin with something positive. This goes for in a spousal relationship or any type of relationship for that matter. If you have a problem or uh, something that's critical or you have some feelings that uh, may be a little bit negative concerning the action or inaction, uh, sometimes it's good to approach people with something positive. Focus on something that is prize-worthy, noteworthy, that they are doing tremendous, that you love and you adore. Uh, you know, especially when you're going to have one of those serious conversations, it's always advisable to start with something positive. Now, I'm not saying make something up. Okay. <laughs> You know, they can tell the real and the fake. I'm not talking about making something up or, or trying to use that for some tool of manipulation. Uh, uh, but, but being genuine, because how are we as humans? Normally, if there's something spoken negative or somebody has a problem with us and it's negative and it's a problem, by nature, we do get defensive. We have our bubble. We have our space. You're talking about me. <laughs> You know, that hurts our feelings. Even if, it, it may be, even if it's true, 
Doesn't matter if it's false or true. Even if it's true, it still hurts our feelings. And so we put up our defense me me mechanism. But if we can approach somebody, you know, compliment them, be genuine about something that is noteworthy and, pro and positive in their life. Uh, yeah, whenever you come then with your uh, problem or the negativity of where there may be a little uh, difficulty there. Yeah, that's still going to hurt. But it kind of it kind of took off the sharpness of the edge of the sword by, by bringing the positive first. And I don't, I don't think that's trying to be deceptive by any means. I think that's just trying to be wise. I don't think there's deception in that. You're just, you're just trying to be wise. So, uh, you know, because we all have times that we're going to need to express some type of dissatisfaction or something that goes on in our homes and families. Inevitably, it is going to happen. But just try to give a few words of approval prior to, you know, don't go straight for the keel, so to speak. Try to give some words of approval. The Bible says in Proverbs 25 and verse 11 that a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. And I believe the general idea being conveyed here is this, is that both gold and silver are precious metals and words that are fitly spoken are precious. They're invaluable. You can't lay a price, amen, to them. I think it, it carries the term, if you will, of having some diplomacy. You've heard of that, having some diplomacy. It's in your approach and how you approach a situation. So remember that. Number three, this is a big one. Number three, in my opinion. In this communication about these things, do not attack the other one. And I'm not talking about a physical attack. I hope that's known, all right? But do not attack. Sometimes we go in there like we have our briefcase of a defense attorney. Yeah. And we start bringing our indictments and the criminal charges and thus and so. Where were you on the 5th of, you know. <laughs> we're bringing all these indictments like a court of law. And sometimes almost come in with a self-righteous self attitude as though we're flawless. Right. You know, I'm right, you're wrong. And that always brings for sure a defense that's automatically put up, especially whenever these type of statements come forth. You never, da-da-da-da-da-da. You always, you, whenever you start attacking with the you statements, Sonny, the, 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 the steel wall is being brought up by the other partner. Whenever you bring that home, you, 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 you. They get in that frame attack mode. The best way that you can approach... In our experience, the best way you approach, if you have a problem, my wife, and one of the reasons I have her up here is she's so good usually about coming up with illustrations off the top of her head, and that's just scraping the surface, folks. Uh, and whenever you get into that you attack mode, is don't, don't say what maybe they may be doing or how, what they may not be doing, but express how you feel. I, I, I feel like sometimes that I'm, I'm always the one, or don't use always, I feel like sometimes I'm, 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 I'm picking up things and the job just never gets done. And I'd really appreciate it if you would help, you know, with your stuff to get it put where it needs to go. Rather than saying, you never pick up anything around this house. You just take it off, lay it down, and throw it over the toilet and the commode. And it. Sister Brenda's back there saying, wow, she's clapping her hands on marriage matter. About say, whoo, hallelujah. Man, we've hit a vein now. Just a small, <laughs> a simple example um, my husband is awesome about helping around the house. I'm very thankful for him. He is awesome. Here about comes that. the problem. You see how she's doing this, the positive, and then. No. <laughs> this is exactly the approach that I took. He is very helpful. One of the things that he'll do um, if he sees that the dishwasher needs unloaded, all the dishes are clean, and I'm doing other things, sometimes he'll go in there and unload the dishwasher. 
and he has done that enough that and we have like most ladies we have a knife block on the counter you know where all the little special steak knives and cutting knives and all that go and he kept getting the knives in the wrong slots so i go to grab a knife and it's like they all look that's the not same what I need, you know okay so i was just whenever i approached him i told him i said honey i appreciate so much unload dishwasher that really really means a lot true if, story if you wouldn't mind I'm just going to show you where these knives go because, you know, so that you know when you get them put in there where they go. I, and so, and then I related it to him to where he could understand how I felt. I said, it's kind of like the same thing how, you know, you like your shirt hung with three buttons buttoned and turned a certain way. This would mean a lot That's to true. me in the same way if my knives were right where I need them. True story. And I don't think I've put the knives in the block since that conversation, to tell you the truth. Yeah, he hasn't unloaded the dishwasher since. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not because I just avoided it, just because the opportunity hasn't arose in order to take care of that. Uh, hallelujah. But th th stay from the attack mode. Because honestly, can, is there anybody, just be honest, how many times have ever entered into conversation like that with the you statements? Ever done it? Yeah. We all invariably have. And I probably, I will again before I die, just because, well, huh. Sometimes I don't even always get, I don't always flip out my 12 uh, commandment sheet here, you know, and got it before me. Sometimes my emotions are going quicker uh, than, than my brain is. Because I could have got a whole different result if I just come up to him and said, I'm so tired of you always getting my knives, putting the knife block the wrong way. It's so aggravating. Right. Well, you know, he, what, you know what he would have looked at me and said, fine, I just won't unload the dishwasher anymore. <laughs> Is that not true? Is it not true? Well, that's, that's probably absolutely true. absolutely true. But when you approach it in such a way that I really appreciate what you do, if you could do this, it would mean a lot. Appreciate it totally, you. totally changes the whole atmosphere of the conversation. All right. Commandment number four, moving on. <clears throat> be, respe be respectful. Absolutely. Be respectful. Do not cast disrespectful judgments to one another. Whenever I'm talking about disrespectful judgments, and I know part of this is a part of just some people's personalities, but I believe there's a line where you can cross over. And whenever I speak of disrespectful judgments, especially in a communication about something that is serious, something that may be problematic, we need to kind of steer clear from sarcasm. There's, there's a time and place for that, but whenever you're talking about something that is absolutely meaningful to the other one and they're putting their feelings out there about something really meaningful, that's really not the time to be sarcastic. Uh, being sarcastic or ridicule or judgmental statements, accusations, if you will. Put downs, put downs, I know. Uh, insults, belittling, exaggerating comments. This is all falling under the umbrella of disrespectful judgments, being demeaning. You need to steer clear, amen, from those type of things. They're no-nos, no-nos. And uh, I would go as far as to say this, that whenever you engage in those things during those times, there may be no physical abuse, but in my estimation, there's uh, a verbal abuse. There's I, verbal abuse. I know I've said more than what I normally do, but some of these things are really important. And I know I've said this before in one of our other marriage sessions, but it does bear repeating. Because when you begin to attack the person instead of the issue, then when that issue has been resolved, if it gets resolved, those hurt feelings and the things that you said to that person will linger. And as I stated before... You know, Pastor and I, over 15 years of marriage, we've had our share of arguments just like any other normal married couple would have. But some of the things that have never come across our lips is, I hate you. I don't love you anymore. I wish I had never married you. Those things have nothing to do with the issue. You're just attacking that person. 
and you need to keep the argument and the discussion about what the problem is because you are causing injury that's going to take a long, long time to heal when you begin to attack the other person than if you just keep the conversation focused on what the issue at hand is. Yes. Whenever you go to the point of attacking the person and you use some of those um, disrespectful judgments that I even would term, you know, some verbal uh, abuse, what you do is you've started to destroy then a level of respect that you have in your relationship. And you destroy some trust that each of you have for one another. And you're really going to upset the cart of engaging into another one of those modes of needing to discuss some frustrations or disappointments because they're going to begin to remember what this was like last time. And, and the, the injuries that I'm still trying to lick and get back into a mode of health from last time, it, it, it tears down the, admir the admiration that you have for each other. Whenever those words go toward the person, it will hurt the intimacy that you have in your home and in your marriage whenever that happens. So if at all possible, good, good communication, you want to, you want to avoid uh, disrespect. And here's the best way for you to receive the respect is to respect. Because respect begets respect. Respect begets respect. Proverbs 29 and verse 11 Sister Sheila, if you could help me, it says, A fool, <laughs> this is really cool, a fool uttereth all his mind. How many times has someone just laid their whole mind out there? They uttered their whole mind. But a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Man, you just want to explode the whole thing. Again, though, stay concentrated upon what is there, what is the issue at hand, and don't utter your full mind because you might not have no mind left after the fact in order to say it's your own. <laughs> Proverbs 29 and verse 20, the Bible says, Seest thou a man that is, look, hasty in his words. See a man that's hasty in his words. There is more hope of a fool than of him. You're quick with your words. You're hasty with your words. You don't give thought to what you're going to say. You just go say it. You need to consider that. And may I say on this mm -hmm. um, particular one as well about not being disrespectful, that goes for not just speaking to them, but about them to other people. Right. You need to uh, keep your spouse in the utmost respect in the eyes of those around you. You may have had an argument. You may have had a disagreement, and you're mad at them or whatnot. And if you go and disrespect them in front of other people and lower the opinion of other people about your spouse, when you have moved on and solved the problem and went forward, that will still be in the minds of the people whom you disrespected your spouse in front of. And, and they may forever on out have a lower estimation of them. And Even more than likely, interject to your interjection, and more than likely that's going beyond the one you towed. That's right. That circle is ever widening. It's important that your intimacy of your marriage and your issues in your marriage, it's okay to seek out counseling from your pastor or whatnot. That's nothing wrong with that. But what Something I'm that's saying, held in confidence. Right, but what I'm saying is you don't go to your girlfriends and just talk all about how bad your husband is and how oh, he no. just did this and, you know, and you guys start comparing notes about how lousy your husband is. That's just, that's not wise that's very unwise and same thing for the husbands obviously but let your problems stay between the two of you work them out get them all when you're happy go lucky and everything's hunky-dory no one ever everybody else you, they shouldn't know that you had a big blow up okay 
And a side note to that, it is absolutely, it's unwise on any level, but it's absolutely unwise, especially for a male may be conveying to another female that isn't his wife concerning some problematic with his wife or vice versa because you are opening up the door for the enemy to siege a moment of weakness and maybe cause your marriage to fall to infidelity, an adulterous situation. And you've got to protect that at the utmost. If you'll stand with me this morning, our time is running. Pardon me? Right, vice, vice versa, with, with just the sharing that with opposite sex or same sex for that matter. You just need to safeguard that marriage and that home, amen, and that family. Hallelujah. Can we just gather together right now in prayer together that God would just help us? Lord, I come to you this morning. I pray, God, I feel, Lord, today that this has been, Lord, profitable to our lives. It's been profitable, Lord, to our marriages and our homes. I pray, oh God, today, help us, Jesus, Lord, to, Lord, take some of these, Lord, practical tools, God, and, and apply them, Lord, in our lives. I think, Lord, it will help us, Lord, in our marriages and our homes. I think, Lord, it will help our families, God, that we can continue to grow together and learn, oh Lord, of each other. I pray, oh Lord, today, God, I'm asking again, as I have, Lord, perhaps every time that we have ended one of these sessions of Marriage Matters, I pray, Lord, for a hedge of protection around about the family, a hedge of protection around about the marriages of Lord Jesus God these godly marriages that have been instituted by you that no man can put asunder I pray oh Lord keep them Lord together let you be Lord that third cord in their life that is not quickly broken that we can grow Lord with each other and grow in God Lord with each other God and they'll make great churches Lord God for other homes and families that may be deranged Lord to be able to come to and find a, a safe arbor of hope God for their own personal lives God anoint us Lord Jesus today and strengthen us I pray God as we go our separate ways Lord that we can come back here this evening with a mind that is focused upon you and devoted to you ready to see God what you would have for us Lord through your word in the name of Jesus Christ that I pray amen and amen thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities you can find us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter with the username FACMC Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you, and have a blessed day.